0: Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast powered by Goodwill. I'm Chris Bevin of the Canton Repository, along with Mike Popovich, Joe Scalzo, Josh Weir, and Cliff Hickman, a team of thousands tonight, as we look back at Week 6 in the top games from the Stark County area football season in a moment. First, though, the Goodwill Drive to Victory Donation Drive kicked off this week at Jackson and Glen Oak High Schools. The two schools combined for more than three tons of donations, with Jackson winning the challenge with the most donations to earn the Two hundred and fifty dollar scholarship. The week seven Goodwill Drive to Victory will feature Hoover and Lake. Look for Goodwill trailers set up at each school throughout week seven to receive donations of clothes and housewares. The big game of week six was Hoover at Perry. Perry jumped ahead early, and then it was all Hoover. Joe, you were at that game. Uh, what uh, what turned it around for the Vikings? Uh, well, yeah, I
1: mean it's. Fell behind fourteen nothing. Then he just kind of operated their offense like they like they do. I mean, they spread it out. You know, they attacked. Uh, they attacked Perry on the corners and and uh just kind of wanted up front and you know their defense made some adjustments you know kind of uh figured out what what perry was doing on on offense and and uh you know really the the thing i thought was really impressive was they they would shift their defensive linemen either way before the, the play started and and uh the defensive line did a really nice job of keeping you know their linebackers clean so they could kind of just come up and make plays so um yeah, just you know, a rough start for them, kind of like you on the podcast tonight, here, Chris. But uh, <laughs> but uh, after
0: that, you know, Hoover kind of just dominated. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> uh, I was going to th- ask you about the, the the reaction from Hoover and the uh, you know this being kind of just a. a a win that they've been looking for for years something like this under coach bomb
1: yeah you know we've kind of been waiting for this this uh you know the last few years they've been a, a solid team but they just haven't been able to get one of those wins that just defines them as a, a playoff level team and and uh, it was kind of a, a little bit of a muted celebration. I felt like afterwards, considering the magnitude of the win, you know, it was, I, I think they kind of realized that they were the better team and and that they should expect to win games like this. But uh, uh, you know, talked to a couple guys afterward. and they're, they're certainly talking playoffs now, and they still feel like they have a chance to win the federal league if if McKinley can lose a game down the stretch. So and, and you know, they look like a team capable of doing that tonight.
2: What a I mean, what a change you go from looking at. 500 overall and mm-hmm. being under 500 in the federal league to now you're you know four and two and you're you're kind of back in the you know federal league race if something crazy happens and man i mean what a what a just everything changed in a in a in one night here for hoover it feels like
1: yeah you know, josh you you obviously covered that east game they're they're you know a foot away from from maybe tying that game or winning it and and uh you know that's that's a team with a lot of talent everywhere they're really big up front and uh you know yeah you, you you kind of were thinking boy if if they lose tonight this team is better than than you know a team that should miss the playoffs but um you know they kind of put it all together and boy Connor Ashby is just he doesn't look like a sophomore he looks like a guy who who uh you know is in the running for best quarterback in Star County
2: and you know the the one i think bugaboo for them has been just they're tackling you know against east and against mckinley um obviously Perry was without Richard Coleman but I mean um talk about their job just you know getting getting Perry's ball carriers on the ground I mean that's it's a, a tough job and it seems like they, they did a pretty nice job after the maybe that sort of early struggles yeah I mean there
1: was there was Perry hit two home run you know kind of runs but it, that wasn't a case of, of like breaking tackles or anything it was just kind of like you know you know they got him which the wing T does. But I really felt like after the, the first two touchdowns Perry did, they just, they were really physical and, you know, sometimes tackling just comes down to, to wanting it. And, you know, they certainly have the athletes to do it. And, and uh, like you said, Richard Coleman was out, but Josh Lemon came in and did a really nice job for Perry. And, uh, but, you know, you know, their, their two main guys were Xavier Leitner and, and, uh, and Jaron Curtis. And, and, uh, you know, for the most part over the last three quarters, they just, they just gang tackle him and got him on the ground.
0: When you look at Perry, what uh, you talked to Coach Wakefield afterwards, what was the mood over there? <laughs> uh well as you'll see in our, our
1: story tomorrow um he, he just said we're just so unathletic it's so obvious and uh but I mean there's something to that I mean Keith has a tendency to maybe exaggerate anyway but you know they, they they had so much talent over the last few years and some of it was you know attitude and effort and execution and all those things but they really had some playmakers and I just don't see those guys on defense I mean I think Jaron Curtis is a pretty good linebacker, but. You know there's just there's no blackiston there's no you know robbie Kirshner that's that's making plays all over the field and and uh you know they just they just kind of look like an average team outside of maybe their running backs and um so it, you know, they had a nice 5-0 and start but some of that was you know maybe some of their schedule and and i think you're seeing that catch up to them a little bit because they just don't have some of the, the overall talent that maybe a mckinley has or even hoover has and and uh you know they're still a playoff team but i don't think that their team may be set up to make a deep run um in the playoffs but again you know i i would have wrote enough writ off i would have written off uh perry last year after they lost to jackson so who knows sometimes one game can amplify everything
0: looking at uh what's coming up next i think hoover's got lake next week is that right joe i think that's right so right. yeah so you got hoover lake and then who's perry got Perry's at Green. Perry's at Green, and Green is uh, having a tough time of it. They got the the first win uh, was last week, but then uh, you know, really not a memorable trip for them into Medina County against a pretty good Highland team tonight. So I'm sure that's a game where Perry's probably looking to to, to maybe get some cures, but it's probably also kind of a dangerous game for them after well, what I mean, they've been they can, dealing
2: with. Green will you know Green will move the ball on them. I mean, they you know they can they can score. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of. Uh, you know, Green's not going to – they're going to struggle to stop people. I mean, Highland put 500 yards on them tonight. And they're, I know they're – I think Joe wrote about in the Federal League notes, they're missing a really key piece in Matt Amison. And we don't know how long he's out for. So it's a, it's a tough uh, tough spot for Green.
0: The Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, October 5th, when McKinley hosts Jackson. Kickoff, 7 p.m. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. FridayNightOhio.com is live streaming games for the first time this season. Sam Berkwin and Jeff Shreve provide the call each Friday, along with Todd Porter on the sidelines. McKinley uh, will be in the game next week, as I mentioned. They remained unbeaten tonight, as did Maslin. I guess uh, guys know support. Surprise that McKinley and Maslin will head into Week Seven as Stark County's two lone unbeaten teams, and that's to the field. Anybody can jump in on that. I see Joe is is looking at his phone, so he's tuned us out. Josh, uh, surprised. I'm that... out my story. Oh, okay, so that more readers can see it. Sure, <laughs> Josh. Any surprise so, so that McKinley awesome. and Maslin are still uh, the two unbeaten?s
2: uh, Maybe a little bit with McKinley. I mean, they, you know, you're talking about a team that was replacing a, a lot of. Uh, a lot of starters. I mean, basically maybe three or four returning starters overall from last year's team. But, um, you know, it it was kind of apparent pretty quickly that there's a lot of talent on this McKinley team. It's just young talent. So they're, they're kind of growing up on the fly and, uh, and obviously with Maslin, no, there's no surprise there with them.
0: That's for sure. McKinley, a 55-35 to 35 winner tonight at Lake and what was a, a wild game. And Mike Popovich joining right now. Uh, Mike, you covered that game, and, you know, you wrote that uh, – Pretty much anything that could happen did happen, and finally it was a, a fake punt that kind of turned the game around.
3: Yeah, um, McKinley had to withstand a couple of late comebacks in tonight's game. Uh, you know, just when you thought they you had they had things control in control in the third quarter, Lake gets a long touchdown pass, interception return for a touchdown to get within seven. And then they hold. Uh, then they hold McKinley and. Um, You know, a gamble from inside their own territory. Uh, Matthew Reardon gets a 30-yard pass to uh, Lemire Garrett. Um, Dan Reardon, after the game, said he thought it was a safe call. He gave uh, Matt the option to, if there was nothing there, uh, to punt the ball and if something was open, um, you know, just to go for it there. They are able to score a touchdown off of that, and and Lake was uh, unable to recover. Another
0: notable thing from that game tonight, uh, a pretty storied record went. Uh, Reggie Corner held the single-game receiving record for 18 years, I think it was, 206 yards in a game against Buchtel, and you saw that uh, record get broken tonight, Mike.
3: Yeah, Kyrie Rorty uh, eclipses it by one yard, 10 catches, 207 yards. A lot of that came uh, during uh, one of McKinley's runs or, uh, in the first half. Uh, catches a screen pass from Elijah Curtis, and then he, he just used his speed just to escape lake defenders and go on for an 82 yard touchdown so uh um that was a big night for him
2: well that's the thing about woody that you know it's it's not uh you know he can turn just a little five yard route into an 80 yard play i mean he's uh he's got that kind of electric uh speed and escapability um is that a word i don't even know if that's a word but um yeah he's he can really make
3: plays yeah yeah and that was uh you know like i said uh, that was a big play early on just when you thought mckinley was able to uh you know take control of the game but uh you know i was really impressed with lakes resolve in this game lakes always played mckinley tough in past years um you know they're down 14 nothing early on they're down uh 35 14 in the third quarter and able to make a game of it but um you know mckinley you know like you guys have said you know it Special season so far. I mean, they're able to get over 500 total yards. And top off that, you know, they successfully convert a fake punt. They score a defensive touchdown. And they have a blocked punt that's returned for a touchdown. Now, when you do all those things, I mean, they're they're just going to be tough to beat against anyone.
0: The one thing, though, that I thought that jumped out, and I know Josh pointed out when he was typing in the box score, I think it was 13 penalties. and, And reading your story, Mike, you know, I think they overcame a first and twenty-six. They had another uh, holding penalty. I think that was ahead of the the eighty-four-yard play by Woody. Um. You know they were able to get away with that against Lake tonight. I wonder if that's the thing though that could be their downfall. Not only in Week Ten when they play Maslin, but you know against Perry, you can't afford those types of mistakes. And, and obviously that would be something they probably want to really clean
3: up. Right. You know one thing. You know Dan Reiner said. You know they they like where they're at record wise, six and zero. I mean you can't get any better than that. You know can they can they play better? Sure, absolutely. And that's one thing. You know obviously they do want to clean up.
0: Over at uh, Maslin tonight, it was the Tigers going to six and 42 to fourteen over Fitch. We keep waiting to see if uh, the Tigers w- would get challenged, and, and they kind of did. Despite that score tonight, they were. Uh, it was a twenty one to seven game. I know in the third quarter, and I think it might have gotten to twenty one to fourteen, and then. Uh, uh, the Tigers put the gas pedal down and, and pulled away. Jameer Thomas uh, inching closer to that career rushing record needed 190 yards coming in. Got 109, so I think a a good bet that that record falls next week when they play. I believe it's East St. Louis um, from Illinois, which is a you know a, a really talented team, and it is East St. Louis, so that could be another game where at least into the second half it, it should keep, should be competitive for the Tigers. Uh, anyone wants to jump in on this? Uh, how important do you think it is? isn't Maslin does get really tested for four quarters before they you know before they see McKinley before they get into the playoffs
2: well sure I mean it would be be great because you know things aren't going to be that easy once you once you get to a certain point of the season but you know they are that good and it's not like they're you know teams are just rolling over for them they're just they're a really good team and that's that's it's going to happen they'll get their tests you know um, you know, Fitch is a good team and they, they pulled away from them. And
0: they're obviously will get a really good test from McKinley, so I, I don't think they, they need to be worrying about that. The Goodwill Drive to Victory donation drive continues in week seven at Hoover and Lake High Schools. Ahead of Friday's Lake at Hoover game, each school will have a Goodwill trailer set up to receive donations of clothes and housewares throughout the week. The school with the most donations wins a $250 scholarship. Jackson and Glen kicked off the donation drive this past week, combining for more than three tons of donations, and Jackson won the challenge. Looking at some other scores tonight, we'll talk about some EBC games here with Cliff. Uh, Cliff Hickman, Marlington... 40-24 Forty to twenty-four over Salem, and I don't think the game was that close. Salem got some scores late, and then Alliance thirty-five to nothing over Canton South. Uh, Cliff, those two clearly appear to be the the top tier in the EBC, with with maybe West Branch uh, right behind them.
4: It would appear so right now. Marlington was missing a lot of players coming into this game, uh, wrote the story today. Four starters out, including their top two running backs. Found a way to work around it again. Uh, Blaine Himmelheber, again, did it all for Marlington. Caught a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, returned a punt for a touchdown. If there's more ways to score, he probably would have thought of them, but I, I don't think he can really do any more. Maybe a kickoff here or there, but uh Other than that, it was also a nice game for C.J. Griner. Four touchdown throws for the Marlington quarterback. Mar Mason caught two of those. That's a guy they're relying pretty heavily on because Himmelheber has had to move to running back with all the injuries there, so he can't get out as a wide out as, as much as he would like. But they've had guys step up. This is the most points they've allowed to a team all year, Chris. But, uh, again, some of that came on special teams right to start the game. It was a kickoff that uh, led to an early Salem 8-0 lead. And then you mentioned the scores late. But throughout the bulk of the game, Arlington had things under control. Then you look at Alliance. Alliance is really starting to form an identity, the running game. You had DeMarco Brooks tonight, a guy they were looking to jumpstart out of that committee early in the season. He got a couple touchdowns. Noah Durst-Hawkins over 100 yards rushing. Uh, sophomore quarterback Brandon Alexander, a couple rushing touchdowns. Uh, big body there, six foot three, only a sophomore. Only going to get bigger probably in the coming years. But it seems like uh, those are the two top teams right now, Chris. Kenton, their uh, alliance, uh, over 300 yards rushing in that game tonight.
0: And I'm wondering, Cliff, if you think this is uh, maybe the rest of the league seeing the benefits of the, the non-league schedule that alliance put together. Because it looks like once they get into league play,
4: Um, They're really firing on all cylinders. Well, not only that, I think Marlington's a a good example of that as well. Those are the two teams that really set out to test themselves as far as the EBC. Alliance more so than Marlington. Alliance's opponents only had two losses coming into tonight. Those two losses were to Alliance. So, you know, the quality of schedule there was great. Marlington took on Poland. They had some other uh, tough games in there. So, yeah, I think you're seeing... those guys tested themselves and they're they're reaping the benefits you may not come out with the win all the time but uh, it pays off in those clutch moments you're used to being under pressure alliance has a salem next week
0: and marlington will play host to minerva and like we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast uh Point towards that week 10 showdown where Marlington and Alliance will play each other as they have in recent years, which could easily be for the first EBC title. A couple other scores of note tonight, Jackson 28 to 13 over Glen Oak and Louisville, And what was a tight game at times, uh, pulls away to beat Youngstown Ursuline, surprisingly Ursuline un- or winless this year, Louisville 45, Ursuline 20, uh, Joe Scalzo back on the mic over there. And what, uh, I know you didn't see the game, but any surprises from, from Jackson tonight? Uh, Glen Oak seemed to play him pretty tough.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think that's one of the cool things about this league is, you know, Glen Oak didn't look real good uh, the last couple of weeks, but, you know, they, they keep playing hard, and, and I know there's a couple of plays there that – um they kind of kept them in at some big plays and and uh jackson wasn't maybe as sharp as they normally are but um that just kind of shows you like if you don't play at your best you can get tested even by a team like glen oak that has been struggling
2: that's probably a pretty good uh overall performance by jackson just in the you know it could have been easy kind of an easy letdown game and they they kind of they they kind of have their identity set that's what i kind of like about jackson you know they're they're gonna run the ball a lot with ethan Atkins, and they're gonna throw to jake ryan when they can and ryan had another big game six catches 95 yards a touchdown he had a pick on defense and he completed a pass too actually and then trey wright's been just really solid so they they kind of have their identity they're gonna run the ball they're gonna play good defense and they've got a major major weapon in uh in jake ryan and a lot of teams don't have that they don't they don't have that kind of a, a clear identity and jackson has the the benefit of it and yeah i mean just
1: jumping over to Louisville. i mean you know they, yeah ursul has been struggling and and not like but you know again that's that's a quality win and you look they got mooney next week they got south range after that central catholic in week 10 i mean other than the Massillon game i don't think they can probably beat them but I mean, that's they can they can easily finish the season three and four and sneak to the playoffs, and, and that's probably something that we weren't thinking
2: about, you know, when they were heading after that 0 mm-hmm. and three start or one and two start. You know, you got you kind of root for Louisville this season with all the circumstances around him I know we're neutral here, but it's like, man, you know, you, you, with with everything they've been through as a school as a program um I mean, it'd be nice to see that team get rewarded a little bit at the end and earn their way into the playoffs yeah and they i mean they put the together the schedule together there's no bad
1: teams on there i mean i i know that it's, it's a struggle to find 10 people that aren't you know from dayton or cincinnati and, and you know it's a good mix of i mean uh, other than the Maslin game and it i mean i'm sure
2: that you could you could see them scheduling those guys every year well i think i think from a, just a football fans perspective it's like a really interesting schedule mm-hmm. it's like man i mean m- maybe for john demarco it's not real <laughs> interesting but for us as just the yeah, observers it's like wow you, you know you're, you're, you're playing ursuline or who's obviously down this year but then you get mooney and you, you're just a kind of a who's who of uh of uh, high school football so it's a it's an interesting thing from a fan's perspective
0: I have nothing to add to that. Great, great job, Josh. <laughs> we can officially let people know Joe Scalzo's coasting tonight. This, this is not Joe Scalzo at his best. No, He's, I, think you,
2: I think you fell asleep.
0: I thought you guys had more. You are flowing there and then just, just silence, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll be uh, talking more about week seven on our next podcast uh, early next week. That uh, I will be on, by the way. Will uh, you? So I'm going to carry in the pail here on on, on Tuesdays. so <laughs> Tuesdays are for Joe Scalzo. A reminder, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, for Friday, October 5, is Jackson at McKinley. The broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. Thanks for downloading and listening to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast, powered by Goodwill, a podcast from the Can Repository Sports Department. The Goodwill Drive to Victory Donation Drive continues in Week 7 at Hoover, and lake high schools ahead of the lake at hoover game each school will have a goodwill trailer set up to receive donations of clothes and housewares throughout the week the school with the most donations wins a 250 dollars scholarship jackson and glenoke kicked off the drive this past week combining for more than three tons of donations check back for another podcast tuesday for mike popovich joe scalzo cliff hickman and josh weir i'm chris bevan